Hello Trinidad and Tobago and welcome once again to another episode of Strictly Legal on WESN Content Capital. I am your host Rondell Donoa, attorney at law and I'm very excited today once again to bring you a new episode with new topics and everything that you need to know about law. Now, in today's episode we will discuss the criminal justice system and how can it be improved. For the past few years, we have been hearing a lot of things about criminal justice reform, including the government and also the judiciary would have implemented or, or lauded their successes in terms of um, facilitating reform or even uh, instituting new courts or different procedure. However, the question remains, is it working? Is the system functioning? Is the system fair and equitable? What can be done to improve it? Now I have a practitioner who is also a legal luminary in the legal field, of course, and he will be with me today to discuss the criminal justice system. This is no other than Mr. Rajiv Passad, who has extensive uh, experience in criminal law, public law, among other areas of law. He's also the vice president of the Law Association of Trinidad and Tobago. He's the head of Alum Chambers. He's a former temporary high court judge in many jurisdictions. He's also a tutor at the Hewitting Law School, and he has provided extensive legal training to judges, magistrates, practitioners, government, and local bodies and international bodies. And he was also one of my seniors when I just returned from London doing the, the, um, the LEC transitional course at Trinity Chambers at the time. So I'm very excited to have him here. My guest, no other than Mr. Rajiv Passad. Thank you, Rondell. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, coming on to the show. And uh, we do appreciate your presence at WESN. Good. I hope to make it the first of many. Of course. Of course. <laughs> now, criminal law reform or the criminal justice system. I mean, this is so vast. We don't know where to start, but let's start. How do you see the criminal justice system today? Today, we... Today is so relative with this coronavirus. Yes. Let me, let me just see if I could summarize this. We have always had a problem with the criminal justice system. The criminal justice system has not worked how it should. I, I, am, I find it difficult sometimes to say that we meet minimum standards. What does that mean in real life? It means if you're a person charged with an offense, you spend many years waiting to get a trial to clear your name. The Derek Chauvin trial, the murder, completed in one year. Um, you know, when you think about that, that's the American standard. Maybe it was a high-profile case. Yes. But we literally have people waiting 10, 15, 20 years to get a trial in the high court. Okay? I'm not talking about exceptional cases. I'm talking about people who are just taking a long time. That's from the accused's point of view. Yes. From the victim's point of view, the witness's point of view, the police point of view, they have to keep going to court, continuing for years and years. So it doesn't matter which part of the stakeholding spectrum you come from. It's not working as we would want it to work. That having been said, yes. you asked me about today. Today. <laughs> now, I've been doing this about 23, 24 years now, and I have gone through bouts of just shaking my head, thinking this, it will not get better. But, but then, but then we, we have the, um, the district courts or, or the, right. the reform of the courts. And, 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 and so, the, so I have to say, when I sat down and thought about it, and I'm, I've been of this view for a while, 
I was actually seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm going to see that within the last five years. Okay, and I'm going to just mention a few of those things. We've, for instance, but for COVID, but for COVID, I think we would have been really looking to make some improvements. I'm going to give some examples yes. quickly. Going back 10 years, we appreciate we have a system that doesn't work optimally. We, have, we know there's a need for reform. Yes, people have, whether it be judiciary, whether it be yeah. government of the day, whether it be the law association, whether it be the police, prisons, everybody has been trying. Resources have been allocated, etc. But we need to understand this point. The criminal justice system, like most things in Trinidad, is made up of a lot of moving parts. Yep. Getting all those moving parts to work optimally at the same time is not the easiest thing. That raises management issues. Yes. But I'll give you an example. When we were doing many years ago the Bastille Pandey case under the integrity in public life, one of the reasons, or one of the reasons that case was heralded, it was the first time they were introducing transcriptionists where you could actually talk into the mic, the magistrate didn't have to take yeah. notes and they would transcribe in real time. And you were part of that? Or I was part of, part of that, of that case. case. And it was, case, and yes. we did that trial in five days. Oh, you know, trials get prolonged because... Is it know, because it was high profile or...? It was, no, that's a big factor, mm -hmm. no doubt. But the point about it is, that was an example of a case where they introduced the um, transcriptionist mechanism by which you could speak into the mic and it was being recorded in real time. Transcriptionists were taken off. Yes. So we were able to, to get that case done quickly, relatively. We were able not to be delayed by having to write out handwritten notes, etc. So that was, that was supposed to be a really good development and one applauded that. But then when you try to apply it across the board to all the other cases and all the other magistrates court, there wasn't enough transcriptionists, there wasn't enough people trained. And so this, that system started to crumble because whereas it was a time-saving mechanism, yes. the resources and the training and all that wasn't there. We've come a long way, but you know, like in that department, use an example, they are, they are responsible for doing what we call summing up when somebody's convicted and they have to appeal. I recently had a situation where people are waiting a year, year and a half to get a summing up, which should normally be done in three to six months. Yeah. So there are backlogs coming up. That point is just simply to say, we, we innovate, we put in things, but we need to make sure they work well. We've done so many other things. We've abolished. Um, what we call the need for somebody to go and give evidence in the box in yeah. chief. You can go out now put a statement, but to do that, you now had to get the police to be able to get people to swear their statements, file the statements. That should have been a process that was very quick, but it's not unusual to find a trial or a preliminary inquiry taking a year to start, a year and a half, because it's taking so long for the police to get that done. Again, resources yeah. need to be approached. Innovations coming in that you need to have the infrastructure to support. It, it doesn't only go there. I mean, you have many other examples yeah. of situations where you're trying to reform and you're doing things, but you need a little more. Now, I'm not saying it's an overnight solution. I'm not saying that you put in these things yes. because I'm grateful. I'm really grateful but for does those that things means coming that, in. Does that mean that there needs to be more consultation with practitioners, particularly law association so, and other so areas? Um, yes, I do think. You know, consultation is a relative thing, yes. right? Everybody could come and talk, True. right? Um, but I have to applaud the Chief Justice very recently agreed to host a committee 
which is going to have all the stakeholders um, to deal with, to look at criminal justice. And why do I think that's important? Why do I think that that is a pivotal um, mechanism that is going to be important? Because yeah. all of us who practice out there, whether you're in Tobago or you're in the East or you're in Siparia, the, the problems we are experiencing, we need to have a vehicle by which we can get it to somebody who can say, okay, we are able to look at this. We're able to look at that. We might be able to fix it. Having a committee, and it's a Chief Justice Criminal Justice Committee, which he recently agreed, and I think might be meeting today for the first okay. time. Um, that I am very optimistic for, because if I have an issue with um, prisons, for instance, mm -hmm. um, I have a difficulty where, for instance, I need to speak to my client. His appeal is coming up. I can't. I have foreign counsel. I would like to be able for him, the clients, to meet their foreign counsel by using Zoom or Microsoft Teams, yeah. etc. So you can do that. You can talk to them. If I have a problem, you can now go to this committee and say, look, we're having this issue. Could this be solved? Direct communication between the stakeholders, whether it be law association, forensics, police, prisons, judiciary, that's critical. And I, I yeah. want to applaud that attorney general also, because it's one thing to pass legislation. We've seen a letter of legislation. And that's my point. Evidence Act. Legislations, legislations, yeah. evidence, act, bail amendments. Yeah. But things then, are happening. But then the system the is system. the actual system the is system. It working I towards. Mean, let's I don't want to give the impression that the system has not been making moves in a positive. Yes. Um you know, I'll, I'll be honest, one of the, the points, and many people don't seem to know these things because it's just not, you know, the kind of thing that people want to hear about. But behind the scenes, within Attorney General's Office, Chief Justice Office, Judiciary Law Association, things are happening, things are taking place. Yeah. So, for instance, some of you might have heard about this concept of moving the courts to the waterfront. Yes. The idea is you'll take the civil courts to the waterfront. As I understood it, and this was supposed to happen last year, as was everything, everything supposed else. to happen last year. Even in magistrate's um, court in com Fernando. The common sense, mm -hmm. let's not talk about that bad <laughs> but, but the common sense was, and it made a lot of sense to me, was that we took the civil courts away from the Hall of Justice so that the Hall of Justice could become a dedicated criminal, criminal court. Courts. Because we only have about six criminal courts here. Yes. If we want to seriously clear out a backlog, we need to have multiple courts running at the same time. Now, now, the, now the Attorney General, at, at one point in my program, he would have indicated that the institution of a lot of district courts and um, in the criminal division, yeah. uh, that would, and even judge alone trials, would yes, have sped absolutely. up or disposed of it, a number of it cases. It would be making, it has its place. Mm -hmm. It's all mechanisms aimed to try to speed up the system. So, I mean, yes, the judge alone trials, right now the Sean Luke trial has just started. That trial is able to go on when everybody else is struggling to get a jury trial to start. That's not a problem in Trinidad alone. That's mm -hmm. a regional problem. How do we get social distancing? And I mean, it's not as though people are sitting on doing nothing. They, everyone is trying to come up with ideas and try to figure it out. And, you know, we all optimistically hope that the vaccine and the COVID and all that will kind of give us a little ease up mm -hmm. and we could get back to normalcy, but it's not looking like that. So we have to adapt. We need to change and we have to find ways. But yes, judge alone trials is the one thing that's saving us right now mm -hmm. because we are getting some work done. The reform of the district courts, the, the concept of wanting to abolish preliminary inquiries. Yeah. 
all positive, but it just doesn't happen overnight. Yes. Because we still have PIs going, and every time I go in front of a magistrate court and I have a murder PI or something, I say, I'm. That is, that we, is um, for, the, for the public who doesn't know, that is a preliminary, preliminary inquiry. inquiry. So, yes. so you have to do that in certain, in many serious matters, you the court has to go through a process. First stage, is there a basis of a case to send to the high court? And um, that takes almost two, three years, you know? So the point I'm making is those preliminary inquiries, abolishing them and moving it directly to the high court is a step in the right direction. No, no, people have this this misconception that it's defense attorneys delay the system. Yeah. yeah. But that is not exactly true. Well, <laughs> look, there's a lot of blame to be shared around with a lot of places, okay? Um, I don't understand that concept because many times, look, if you're lucky enough to get people to pay you every time they go to mm. court, I generally tend to charge a person a fee and I don't change from that. And unfortunately, a PI could take five, four, five, six years, right? So you have to go to court, or at least in the days you used to go to court. Um, there is room for improvement. Um, preliminary inquiries take a lot of time, and it takes a lot of time to go and sit down waiting for matters. So you have to make sure that with your lawyer, you are comfortable yes. with what they're charging. Please find out in advance what you're going to be charged. To be charged, yes. Make sure you're happy with it. If you're not happy with it, find somebody else. Yes, and there's and, also legal aid as well. And there is legal aid, which mm. is an extremely good system. Mm. There is now the public defender's um, unit. Now, so one of the big issues was when one looks at the criminal justice system, how can we improve it? Was that, okay, we don't have enough defense lawyers because everybody wants to go to the same narrow group of defense lawyers. So when one trial is going on, Normally in Trinidad, we have trials going on two, three months, four yeah. months. Um, Mr. X may not be available to start another trial. So the public defender's office has been created and it has been manned and trained and ready to go out and do what they have to do. So Now, no, no, why do attorneys, mm -hmm. um, why aren't attorneys not gravitating towards criminal um, law and defense? Because I know there would have been a time when even legal aid, they would have increased their fees. Yeah. Um, for criminal attorneys yeah. uh, or, or providing incentives. Be because you're not well paid. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the honest truth about it. When I started to practice, the majority you got from legal aid was $1,500. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was telling somebody recently, Mrs. Subash Pandey, Mr. Alam, Criminal Bar Association, those days, we had to basically shut down the courts and say, and this is going back to the 19, late 1990s, early 2000s, that lawyers can't be doing a murder trial for four weeks, five weeks, and then getting $1,500 when, when you're in court, you can't do anything else. Mm -hmm. And so they increased it to 10000 which is very helpful for a lot of young lawyers, etc. But people have this view that, um, I don't know, criminal lawyers are not the best paid profession. Yes. <laughs> if you really, and you could, in the profession... Oh, unless you, want, you are very senior and, and no, yeah, everyone... I mean, Everyone if you've been uses, doing it for yeah. 25 years, like you, think, <laughs> yeah, you would think you'd be able to make a living yes. out of it. But the point about it is that um, like any job, when you're now starting, um, there are better ways to earn a money. Civil law, litigation is better paid, etc. But the point is there are a lot of people who do criminal law because they like doing it, because they feel they're offering a service. And because representing persons, not everybody is guilty. Mm -hmm. And trust me, you get people telling you things in the way of instructions, which when you think about it, and it's supported by what they say. I always remember, I'll give you an example, 
had a chap who I was asked by Legal Aid to defend for killing three people, mm -hmm. right? In a situation where he said he went to pick up his children by his um, estranged girlfriend and um, got into an argument with the mother-in-law and he had a one and a half year child in his hand and his three-year-old daughter and the mother-in-law started pelting stones at him mm. and he remembered getting hit and all he remembers after that was picking up a piece of wood right. and next thing three bodies around him. It sounded weird. I went to see him in the prison and that the historian started doing research and I realized that you know something like that could happen. Yeah. The jury convicted him of murder because I mean you're not going to kill three people and the jury will and come jury back. Will acquit but you. the Privy Council agreed that it was provocation and you know sentenced him appropriately and he's now you know back out in the free world after 20 years in yeah. jail. But the point about it is this lawyers have a role to play because you have to your job is to articulate and represent what they're saying yeah. your job is not to judge them your job is to assist them in presenting the case because we never know how a jury is going to look at it what they're going to find favor with and who is and we never know who's telling the truth yeah. eh? that's the other thing we are just vehicles by which the justice system works and if you do your job properly at least you can make sure if you're prosecuting, the victim is protected. If you're defending, the, the accused is protected. No, no, let's talk about the prosecuting because yeah. we know we have a director of public prosecutions. Yes. And we have a department. Yes. Which basically prosecutes yes. uh, high profile or rather um, matters every, in the high court or everything, major, even, yeah, major even matters. court. Is the DPP office sufficiently understaffed? <laughs> Significantly, rather. So if I have any one wish in this criminal justice system, it is a attention be given to DPP's office because we have been seeing so much happening public defenders offices the courts I love this concept of having a dedicated hall of justice with many courts yeah. we clearing backlog but you know what if we don't have enough people in the DPP's office um, then you don't have prosecutors and if you don't have prosecutors then no attempt to increase the number of courts, no attempt to add public defenders. And then that's because, where the lady system exactly. obviously comes I'm, I'm going to give you like two or three quick examples. DPP's office is horribly understaffed. I think last year or year before, um, Mr. Gaspard talked about he, I think was a hundred short mm -hmm. of personnel that he needed to fulfill his compliment. Okay. Between that time and now, we have seen number of DPP personnel become masters. Happy for them, congratulate them, but it means that there's a shortfall in the DPP. Or even, or even going into private practice. Private practice, but more importantly, the Public Defender's mm -hmm. Office. The Public Defender's Office has now said, we are looking for people, and many prosecutors who I know decided to go there. I don't know if the salary is better, I don't know what is the reason that prompted them, but there is again a drain on the DPP's office. One of the things that was introduced was the criminal procedure rules, rules yeah. case management. When those rules were being done back in 2009, 2008, I was on the bench and we were part of the drafting of the rules. The mindset behind it was, you know, when people come to court, lawyers, defense or prosecution, they haven't had a chance to read the file. They haven't really been able to consider. So you can't really get anything moving forward. And so these rules are put in to get people to read, to answer questions, to tick boxes, so that they address their mind. So that when they come to court, having done the questionnaires, having done the preparation, we can meaningfully move a matter on for trial. 
problem was um, you now had to set up as masters to deal with case management mm -hmm. while the judges would do a trial but it's the same number of DPP officers are getting less so they now got split right. into yeah. how am I going to be two places at one time because the civil proceeding, proceeding rules works it works it works very uh, well however the criminal proce procedure rules it, it, it criminal seems... procedure rules rely on DPP's office that is fully staffed fully able to dedicate the time and energy let's take plea bargaining for instance another excellent idea i mean many people if look my experience is that most clients really don't want to go to jail mm -hmm. they admit yeah, they do something wrong they do you know but the the regime in trinidad is that and many lawyers will seem to know this you have community services order which is a bond um or you can get a suspended sentence there are other options fines, compensation, etc., that are available for the majority of an And I mean, that's where you get restorative, is restorative. Restorative justice. Yeah. And, and, and most people, and if you, the DPP has been absolutely reasonable in his exercising his discretion. But, you know, I accept in the more serious trials, the attempted murder, the kidnappings, etc., you can't really be doing plea bargaining, <laughs> although there is place for it, but this, you're going to get a jail sentence. Mm -hmm. There's no question about it. But the point about it is, um, it's one DPP with an understaff office, and for him to get the ability to respond to all the plea bargain requests, he needs to have a team a behind team. him. Yeah. It is impossible for this criminal justice system to work if the DPP's office, because so critical to play, is understaffed. I'm a defense lawyer saying this. Yeah. I'm supposed to be there by sworn enemy. You know, but but, but, but what, even about, what even about the police prosecutors? Are they, are they properly? staffed or properly trained right because they, they so, preside over a yeah. lot of magisterial um, so proceedings i'll tell you this i have participated in training police prosecutors there are times when i've been asked by the prosecution side of the magistrate's court to come in and train on issues and i have done that at the barracks i have seen some really amazing prosecutors who weren't necessarily sergeants at the time um decent very good um, there are some that need some help, right? But that the same applies to the trained lawyers. Mm -hmm. So yeah. my thing is this, I think they have a place. I think they should be encouraged. I think they should be trained. And I mean, but, but at the end of the day, it's again getting people to support them. So my thing is this, we're moving in the right direction. I, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, totally. but for COVID, but for COVID, because I, if that COVID did not shut down everything, yeah. if, if we could see the waterfront courts going to civil and, I mean, setting up the high court with multiple courts, you don't know where you're going to get judges. But, but some people but, say COVID, as COVID helped them in terms of there's virtual courts, there's no oh, yeah. need to attend physical oh, court. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I love it. <laughs> I, 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 I applaud that having to drive Mayaro or Rima yes. or Siparia to go court. But you know what? I love the virtual hearings for case management. Yes. But there is a big distinction between that and a trial. And I, I look forward to being able to case manage from my office. And a lot of trials are being delayed because attorneys yeah. are not willing to do trials virtually. Right. Some magistrates are, and I applaud them for that. Because I, I have one particular matter, which was we started... Um, it took over three years because it was a, multiple witnesses, etc. Because mm -hmm. cases have to be adjourned because a magistrate on any given day has 20, 30 cases. So even if you start, they could give you an hour, it gets put on. 
It took three years. We got to the stage of um, closing speeches and then the magistrate got promoted to a judge. Wow. And then, so the whole case had to start, start over. over and, yeah. and so things like no that. No succession as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, a little bit of management planning would have made a difference. But you know what, to start it back in COVID times, because I said to the magistrate, doing this virtually is going to take even longer. You know, and the magistrate was actually prepared and willing to do it. Once particular safeguards were put in place. In court. In court. Yeah. You don't yeah, need to have I've a lot that. of people. You don't need to have it. You can minimize okay. it. You could social distance. Yeah. So I'm seeing the court. But you know what? If we're going to clear a backlog, if we're going to start being able to tell accused people, you can get a trial within a reasonable time. Yeah. Tell victims and police officers that you don't have to spend 10 years coming mm. to court. Okay. You know, which is a thing. We, we, need, we need to be doing certain things. And we're getting there. And we're getting there. We're getting there. Oji, if your closing comments in terms of, in terms of the, the, the process, because we're out of time, actually. <laughs> that was a quick half an hour. Yes. <laughs> um, from a person who is very um, uh, lacking hope in the process, I've been seeing things happening. And um, I really am optimistic. Um, you have to have faith in your people. You have to have faith that people will do the right thing. And um, I think if we get the, everybody working together and we are monitoring, yeah, and so that there's a real mechanism to, to tweak the issues. And if people are the heads of their various institutions, whether judiciary, AG, prisons, wherever, if they take on board that, look, this is something we need to get working and we are prepared to, okay, in an open, open type, um, mindset. Let's see how we could solve this. I think I think we could try to break the back of this thing, as yes. we did with the civil civil justice and, and, system. And we can we can improve the system. There's yeah. a it's a work in progress. It's, um, it's continuous in progress. <laughs> but Rajiv, thank you so much. Yes. Uh, we have to continue our conversation again. Yes. Uh, but of course, if you agree to come back on, happy to. All right. Happy and thank to. you so much. And I hope I hope the information has been has been very very good for the um, for the public as well in understanding the justice system and how it can be improved. So thank you once again. My pleasure. My Guys, pleasure. so it's a wrap again. Uh, you have been watching Strictly Legal on WESN Content Capital. My guest was Mr. Rajiv Pasar, attorney at law. See us for our next episode with more interesting topics and conversation. Do have a great day. Goodbye.